Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host and the founder of Miles to Memories, joined this week by my co-host, Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you today. We are going to talk about which companies are rocking it with COVID-19, what they're doing for customers and what they could be doing better. And we'll also talk about extended bonus times, which banks are extending your payment, and then uh, which cards we're downgrading because we're not really using them. Plus, we'll play a game of uh, Would You Rather and uh, a lot more. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. mtmpodcast.com is where you can find all of the links. And uh, let's just get into the show, guys. How are you guys doing today? Uh, Doing pretty well at home, as always. But the weather's getting warmer, so I think that's both good and bad. It's good because... Uh, we can get outside more, but it's bad because everyone's getting outside more. One thing we've been doing is we've been going outside like super early, like first thing in the morning. If we get out before like 930, there's not too many people out there. So it's been pretty good. How about you, Mark? How you doing? So 930 is first thing in the morning, really early for you? It is around here. My kids went to bed at 11 last night and woke up at 850 today. So this schedule just keeps getting pushed further and further back. That's good. That's like adult sleep patterns right there yeah this week's been a little bit rough for us uh kirsten had to go to a couple patients that had tested positive just gotten home from the uh hospital with uh, covid19 so extra strain extra worry for that that type of stuff uh she's going into the the environment knowing that there's risk and then coming home so a little bit depressing kickoff to the week but i can't thank her enough for doing what she's doing and all medical people out there you know the sacrifices you're making i couldn't even imagine the stress that you're under so Thank you for that. I wanted to say that and start that off. And, you know, I hope you all stay safe and your families stay safe. But I'm sorry to start this off depressing, I guess. <laughs> all right. So moving on to more positive energy. So what do you guys do? You're making your houses nicer. <laughs> what, what kind of things have you been doing around the around the house to make things fun? Way to step it up, Sean. Like you have your trampoline. We've talked about that a little bit. I don't know if you yeah. talked about it on the podcast, but like what sort of things are you? I don't know. I mean, we're doing the school stuff and that's a pain and then some arts and crafts stuff kirsten has that cricket machine which she makes t-shirts with it and uh, arts and crafts for the kids and stuff so that that's kind of keeping us somewhat sane but you know not a ton man the weather hasn't been great the last week so a lot of uh video games we're living in joe's world i guess how about you sean when the when's pool weather start for you make everybody jealous uh pool weather is not here yet uh we we uh haven't been doing much just kind of, like I said, fixing up the house and trying to go not to go nuts. Ellie seems to have turned that corner from being a little grumpy like she was before to being back to herself, which is nice. I don't know. It's just kind of the monotony. It's like a month in here, kind of getting bored, ready to do other things and realizing that it's still going to be a while. So, Yeah, just imagine like uh, if this drags on for a while, you know, Netflix has been pumping out the new shows, but they're going to run out of material because they're not creating anything new now. So pretty soon that's going to be even sour if it hasn't started already. Yeah, like, I mean, AMC pushed back The Walking Dead just for that reason. Yeah, that new the new one, yeah. One thing for you guys, my son started getting jealous that my older daughter is on the computer doing, like, math stuff all the time that she got from school. So one of my neighbors put me on this website called Splash Learn, which costs about $24 for the quarter, so, like, the next couple months. Anyway, I signed my son up for that. He's going to kindergarten next year and he's not really like learning anything because it's mostly like counting, but he just wanted to be on the computer. So that's a good 30 minutes a day that he's quiet and just working on things and he's learning how to use a mouse. So moving on. Do you use uh, ABC mouse for him at all? I know my kids loved it about that age. No, we haven't used that despite Sean's recommendation. I think it's because he didn't swing me a referral, you know? Well, it was free. I didn't, I'm not recommending <laughs> I, it. So. I'm kidding. 
but we're no but we're actually well i was going to say we are still using it ellie's doing really well with it but uh, i don't know how it compares to other programs but yeah it's working well for us and she's almost to the kindergarten kindergarten level on it so she's worked it through the entire pre-k level already like in the last month so <laughs> dude it's you working just have her graduate to <laughs> just have her yeah, graduate high school before you exactly what just give her the diploma now and just has anybody else felt like even though with all this extra time you know you're not going anywhere you're not doing anything i feel like i have less free time or like i'm accomplishing things slower or i'm less uh, productive i don't know what it is but i feel like i still don't have enough time in the day when really like three four hours has gotten added back to my day by not having to go anywhere or do anything so i don't know where that time's going maybe i just troll people on the internet instead i don't know <laughs> that sounds on brand for you so it sure feels like that i'll tell you it's, i think i get like an extra three or four hours of trolling from you every single day now <laughs> i think that's where it's all going i will say one good thing all joking aside is my cousin from hong kong touched base with me last night and we were like on a zoom call for like an hour and you know we probably talk like once a year or something like that but it was really good to hear from him also it was really interesting to hear what's going on in hong kong I guess because after SARS, Hong Kong and most of Asia is just like kind of used to this, right? So as soon as it started happening, like everyone put on their masks, um, everyone was like kind of ready to go with that. And I asked him, I was like, does this seem tougher or did SARS seem tougher? And he was saying SARS was tougher because they had never dealt with anything like that before. And so this time, even though COVID-19 is like so much more contagious, he said people are like less worried just because they have been through SARS. The interesting thing he said was, you can go to restaurants, which you can't do in most of the United States, but you can't have more than four people at a table. So he said that they've only seen his mom because he has one kid. So him, his wife, his kid, and his mom will go out together, but his dad can't come along because it's five people, which I for- I didn't even think of the natural <laughs> follow-up question, which was, what would I do if I lived in Hong Kong right now? Like, do Who I have to just choose, choose which kid to stay home? But it was just interesting to touch base with someone uh, in another country and see, you know, how it's going there. That's an interesting thing, because if you left one of the parents home, then the other parent has to take care of the three kids at the restaurant. So, yeah, it's a tough situation for you. They must say that if you're a family of five like mine, you can go. But I think for most, it's like four people per table. It's like all spread out. Um, That's and weird still... that they, they don't limit it like by household or whatever. You know, you can. it's any four people like from anywhere. It is any four. So, you know, I do think... I think next time if we chat again, I want to ask him more about this. But I do think because they have have been more prepared with contact tracing, it is just the norm. Like they don't have to have a law for people to wear masks. It's just the norm that people are wearing masks and stuff. So I think because of that, they're a little more open. Because like Hong Kong, even though they had a spike the last couple of weeks, which they think are from people coming from foreign countries, like their cases have been relatively low. So I think it just shows that you can be more open. I mean, South Korea, they're not technically locked down either, but it's just everyone's staying home and everyone's wearing masks and the, and the contact tracing is really good. Although, of course, there are some uh, privacy issues as well. Yeah, it seems like Hong Kong and Macau both got very few cases if you compare it to some of the places like in the United States where we've had big explosions. So it makes sense that, and they're a little further along, right? They shut down probably what, two months before we did. Yeah, I don't know if this is like a portent of things to come, guys, but he's like, the first month with my son, his son is in kindergarten or the equivalent of kindergarten. He's like, the first month with my son was really good, but uh, it's month three and things are like rapidly falling apart. But of course, <laughs> school in Hong yeah. Kong is like totally different. You know, take a guess what time his son was in school until before, you know, they were quarantined at home. Well, I'm going to guess they start way before 930, you know. They definitely do that. <laughs> but guess what time the kid gets home from school? Uh, five? Is it like a full 7 work day? 7 p.m. What? 
7 o'clock p man i want that i want that bad (laughs) (laughs) just pick up the kids eat dinner and put them in bed that's the easy street right there my my friend my friend has his own business and he said his son got home gets home later than he does (laughs) (laughs) on normal days that's that Hong Kong life, man. Is like going to work? You... Do they eat dinner at school too? Then or what? No, they don't. They eat at home. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he was telling me how like they've been trying to eat dinner earlier since COVID nineteen happened, and I was like, "Oh, what time is that?" And he's like, 7 p.m." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> so yeah, it's it's interesting to see different cultures. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, those of you who know people from Hong Kong, like, like or like have roots in Hong Kong, like that is how school is. School is like a lot of pressure there. So the kids are all at home. So are the parents having to do that same amount of work with them? That, that same amount? Because like here, it seems like parents aren't quite putting in full days with their kids based on my friends and what I'm seeing. Well, I think a lot of a lot of school here is like social activities and movement and stuff. So like the actual work is, you know, a few hours a day, not, you know, six, seven hours. Half of that is gym, recess, lunch so i don't think there's as much schoolwork or like working as a group where one-on-one individually you get through stuff quicker so i think that's natural but yeah have they been doing school for as long over there yeah i think that's the other thing i think he has a lot more like video conferencing my my cousin sent me the kid is six and he's in like the equivalent of kindergarten and my friend sent me a two-minute presentation that this kid had on pandas so did you know that pandas they have six toes and all this other they're from uh, i can't even remember I can't even remember what region from China, so I'm not going to uh, make comments on schooling in Hong Kong versus the United States, but uh, you can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> they put our second graders to shame. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. Now that we've uh, put down all of our children. <laughs> They're not doing no ABC mouse in Hong Kong, let me tell you that much. <laughs> oh, I thought my daughter was so smart, Joe. But yeah, it's crazy just to think about how life is so different everywhere and then how these shutdowns affect everybody in different ways. But I guess it's time to kind of move on and uh, let's talk about downgrading cards. Joe, you wanted to talk about this. Obviously, we all have a lot of travel cards. We're paying annual fees on those cards. They have a lot of benefits that sometimes we use, but obviously now we're not doing that. Have you downgraded any cards lately? What sort of cards are you kind of thinking about that with? And, uh, you know, what is your strategy with that right now since you're not traveling? Yeah, so I mean, regular listeners will know that the Chase Sapphire Reserve has long been on my list to downgrade. Still have not gotten around to that yet, but it is at the top of the list now. What I started with was the Hilton Aspire card. What I did was Mark messaged me and said that he got through MX chat with no line. And I'd remember that a week before Sean had had like a lot of trouble with lines and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, let me uh, holler at MX chat and try to downgrade this Aspire. And so I chatted with them and I was done in like three minutes. It was awesome. They downgraded me to the no fee Hilton MX card. And so that's the first card that I've gotten rid of. But you know, Chase Sapphire Reserve, I'm probably going to downgrade. I have a platinum card that once I, you know, have had it for 13 months, I'm going to downgrade that. So lots of cards on my list to downgrade. One interesting thing with Amex is when you downgrade, like normally if you cancel a card within 30 days after the annual fee post, you get like the full refund. But with Amex, if you downgrade, they charge you like a prorated annual fee, even if it's within like the first 20 days or whatever. So just be aware that you're going to lose some money unless you do it like the day it posts. And that's kind of annoying because if it hasn't been, if it's your first year of holding the card, you have to wait for the annual fee to post. Otherwise, they might claw back your uh, welcome offer. So you're kind of stuck paying a portion of it, you know, unless you're on the game and you do it right away but just something to be aware of i know that's taken some people by surprise i have an interesting story about a downgrade i had the bank of america premium rewards card and i called them to get a downgrade 
And we went through the process, and I've written about this in the past. Bank of America's system is terrible. Customer service is garbage. But when you downgrade or whatever, the annual once the annual fee posts, you have to like pay it for them to credit it back. They won't just automatically wipe it off like City and everybody else. So you have to pay it, and then normally you get a negative credit balance, and then they close your account, and you have to call back and have them mail you a check for the negative balance. So I did that. I I even closed it before like the statement closed, but the annual fee had posted. So I the statement closed. I let it sit there for a while. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to pay this $95 and then it'll, you know, I'll have to call back in. I was hoping that it would automatically do it since I did it before the statement closed. So I pay it and I go in to check it like a day later and they wiped my whole card off. Like it's gone from the account and I haven't gotten the credit back. (laughs) They took the money, wiped off my card and there's no credit. So now I have to call back and fight with them over my $95 fee that I paid for a card that I haven't used and I canceled before, right after it posted. So yeah, that's super annoying. One tip. One other thing going back to the Amex thing, Mark, that you said, it does suck that, especially on like a card like the Aspire when they prorate it, like I was, I think 20 something days into my cycle and I ended up getting, I don't know, about $25 was ended up what I ended up paying of that annual fee when they downgraded it. But if you forget, American Express only refunds the annual fee if you're canceling a card altogether within the first 30 days. So if you forget to do that and you're a couple months in and you decide you don't want the card, you can always downgrade it later for a prorate. So just keep that in mind too. It's, that's a way to make that system work in your favor. Yeah, don't get sucked into thinking you have to pay for the full year. Just down, yeah, d- just you don't want it. it. Yeah, yeah, you can if you do don't that. want it. But if you if it's three months after the annual fee hits and you try to cancel altogether, they're not going to refund the fee. But if you downgrade it three months, they'll only charge you that prorated three months worth of fees. So something to keep in mind with that. Really quickly, for people in Massachusetts, we have this law. This is like one of the few reasons why it's good to live here. Uh, I guess we have low state income tax too, but whatever. Who cares about that? I only care about miles and points. They have to prorate no matter when you downgrade. So I get prorated checks from cards that, you know, not even Amex, no matter when you downgrade a card or not downgrade, excuse me, I misspoke. When you cancel a card, you get the prorated fee no matter what. So it's like Amex's old policy. Yeah, I feel like Massachusetts has a lot of uh, pro-consumer stuff that most other states don't, which is nice. The other big news that we saw this week was banks like Chase extending bonus times, Mark, right? For when you have to hit, meet a minimum spend, they're allowing people six months yeah. instead of three. You know, how is that working? And then do you see like every bank adopting kind of the similar standards or what do you think is going to happen with that? Yeah, so the original post, because uh, we got, uh, I wrote up something, I don't know if it was me or if it was Danny that wrote it up, but uh, we wrote that if you reach out to Chase via secure message, which we got a tip from Travel on Points, their Facebook group, that if you send a secure message, they were extending people three extra months. We wrote that up and then Chase reached out and said, hey, can you let people know that we're extending everybody in this certain time frame? So six months total. And the way they had said it, and I double confirmed this because I was like, this doesn't sound right. This is really weird. She said like, your min spend had to end with it between January 1st and March 31st. And I'm like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense because somebody that signed up for a card in November doesn't really need help. You know, they finished their spend before all this went down. So I wrote up the article, posted it. And then on Monday, she reached out and said she did make an error. It's supposed to be you signed up for a card from January 1st to March 31st. If you signed up for any Chase card, you should automatically get extended to six months to meet your minimum spend requirement. If you signed up like April 1st or beyond, you probably still should just send a message and see if they'll do it. I'm sure they will. American Express has done the same thing where they're giving everybody six months. And I think that goes out through May. They're doing it for anybody that signs up up until like the end of May. Will others do it? I don't know. Those are usually the two best in terms of customer service and and being forward thinking. I would have to think City is going to do something similar. Otherwise, 
they'll be left in the dust. Maybe they're just going to take a long time like American did to match Delta and United. Bank of America, they won't because they're garbage. <laughs> and then everybody else who really cares, I guess. <laughs> That's where I'm at with it. What do you guys think? I, I should say I have good customer service experiences with Bank of America. So just to yeah, kind you of keep sucking up there. Up. You keep I'm not sucking up. up. I just have good. I don't know. I mean, it, it's there's I'm glad you share bad. that because it's Let's say. what's crazy is that any one of these banks, I think at any point has done us wrong. You know, you can have real issues and I, you know, Bank of America, I don't have a, I don't, I guess I don't have a lot of experience with them. I don't call them very often. At least you can sign in there without getting errors like you do with City. Shout out to, uh bougie miles uh youtube video that i was on that we discussed that yeah i was listening to that watching that video this morning and uh you guys were talking about the site and i like just resonated with me because that city site is the worst i mean you go to the main page and you try to log in with your email and your password and then it says the password is wrong and then it takes you to another page where you put that same password in and it works just fine I guess they all have their issues. Good to see that they're all doing it. And I think over time, once one company does it, then the others really have to follow to save face, even if they don't want to. So I think in the end, we're all kind of winning with this stuff. And that's good. I mean, just talking about that, kind of our next topic is which companies have done right. You know, you say Bank of America has been tough. Have you guys had any good customer service experiences, you know, during this time, uh, companies that have really done well by you? I would say in the airline industry, Delta has been by far the best, far and away. You know, they've kind of led the pack and they were the first ones to allow, well, I guess, I mean, Southwest has kind of just set up their program set up for it. So it, it just works out with their program that all this stuff works out well for them. But people that are making adjust, adjustments, I would put Delta at number one. They were the first ones to allow you to cancel award flights without any, any penalties. And they extended status first and stuff. And I've reached to them on, out to them on Twitter to cancel flights. And they've they've done it quickly and efficiently. No, no pushback, no questions asked, just good to go. So they've got a feather in their cap. And, and I plan on get, putting a little extra spend towards them in the future. Even if the flights are a little bit more expensive on Delta, I might just fly them because of their service united's been one of the worst when they were trying to charge people to redeposit their miles on flights that they canceled themselves that doesn't make any sense it's just total greed and disrespectful to your customers i mean you canceled the flight any other time if this was six months ago you would have refunded the miles no problem but now you're going to try to hold that money until the dot comes out and says no you need to give that money back if you cancel the flight no matter what the reason is so those are two that stick out to me big i think i want to talk about today wyndham actually announced something that i think is interesting like you said a lot of the companies airlines have been sort of mixed some of them doing well shout out to delta uh, united really really kind of reinforcing why they have such a terrible reputation. But uh, Wyndham today, actually, on top of extending elite status for their current members, they decided they're going to give gold status to essential workers, which I thought was an interesting take. And they're kind of going a step further because other hotel companies like Marriott, like Hyatt, like Hilton have extended status, paused points expiration, stuff like that. But Wyndham is actually giving elite status to essential workers. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, Wyndham doesn't have the best selection of properties, but I think Anything that makes people stay a little bit nicer is good for them. You know, it's great that they're helping out essential workers. Plus, it's smart. It's going to hopefully bring them new customers. So I think that's a good one. Joe, you, uh, what do you think? All the travel that I've canceled is like refundable stuff. So I canceled JetBlue stuff, but, you know, I'm Mosaic, so that wasn't a problem. I canceled Southwest flights that I had for next week. But again, it's Southwest and my friend booked it for me on points. So that was no problem. So, you know, there was no real friction to be had there but i have been dealing with disney they have been very good 
for people who had reservations canceled, they have like a recovery dining package, which is not like, it's not necessarily goodwill. It's just good business, but it's nice that they're doing this. So they've let people reschedule and also get like free dining with their hotel stays. One nice thing, this hasn't affected me because, you know, I, like I said, became a travel agent at the worst possible time in history. But a lot of people in my travel agency had Disney reservations booked that have been canceled and Disney protected commissions for that. So they are still like giving travel agents the commission that they would have earned, even though these bookings have been canceled. So in general, Disney has been treating both its customers and its partners pretty well. They should be commended for that. I do know that they had to furlough a bunch of their staff. And by a bunch, I mean like tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand people, like an insane amount of people. But a lot of them are still going to have their healthcare and stuff like that. And furloughs and layoffs, that's unfortunately what's par for the course for the next couple of months at least. So, But in terms of how they've been treating their customers, Disney has been very good and their agents have been very helpful and at helping people to rebook and do all those things. So that's been good. I do want, if we're going to talk Disney, we should mention Universal because I believe that they are actually keeping their employees paid and like an extra few weeks past where Disney is. So not to, oh, not to say that they're better Universal's than Disney, but, just yeah, to say. But they are. They are. <laughs> I'm just saying that we should give them both props because Universal has treated their employees really well in that industry. And Harry Potter's better. on the other hand. <laughs> what did SeaWorld do? SeaWorld like laid off like 90% of their staff or something. They laid off Shamu? They, they laid off Shamu? Uh, hopefully not. Yeah, their financials are pretty rough. Blackfish uh, put them in a bad position. For people who don't know the history of the company, SeaWorld is basically, they had parks, Bush Gardens and SeaWorld. It was all owned by uh, Bush, the brewer. And they got bought a few years ago by InBev, which is a huge kind of multinational brewing company. And they sold off the parks. They kind of spun them off into their own company. So they're this little company uh, with not the best financial situation. And then, you know, Universal is owned by Comcast. Disney obviously is Disney. So not quite the uh, same comparison. Other chains like Six Flags can be in a lot of trouble. They have a lot of debt that they're going to have to try to figure out. And to a lesser extent, Cedar Fair, who owns Cedar Point and a bunch of the regional parks, isn't in, it has a lot of debt as well, but they seem to have a little bit more favorable terms than Six Flags. But it doesn't seem like in general, other than maybe the high end like Disney and Universal, where they make a lot of money, the lower end parks don't tend to make a, whole, a lot of profit. And so we may see some of these local amusement parks shut down, which is kind of unfortunate. But in the meantime, most of them have, have certainly furloughed everybody and um, they're running on you know minimum staffs right now. That'd be so sad. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, so... Hey, did you ever go to uh, Action Park in New Jersey? The water yes, park? I did. Okay, oh, yes. I'm jealous. Do you re- so jealous. So jealous. Do you remember like how Probably on the not, on the tube? Like there was like a tube ride where you you know like white water rafting down a tube or whatever, uh-huh. and they had like legit boulders on the side of the slide. So <laughs> I, if think you, I do like, remember that. If you like fell off, like I don't know how people didn't die right and left. And then they also had this thing where you just like jumped off a cliff, like thirty feet down. Like, so. I mean. It was called so there Action was, Park, Mark. So there was like what the did slide. you expect? Okay, so there was the slide that you go down, and it was like three feet long. And then you just fell like 25 feet. And my dad's like, I'm probably like eight. And my dad's like, I'm going to go down first and just see how it is. And then, you know, look up for me, and I'll come up and whatever. So he goes down, but, you know, you're driving so far. you see, He sinks like deep down to this like lagoon thing. It, I don't know how this place stayed open for as long as it did. So he goes down, and by the time he gets back up, I'm already like dropping <laughs> so i drop and i like belly smack almost oh my god and he has to like swim down and pull me up man like boulders on a on a <laughs> on a water ride have you ever seen know. that crazy looping slide that they had for a couple years that people 
would get stuck in the loop and get like just absolutely just hurt so badly. They had to actually have a trap door in the top of oh it. Look, I put it in. The, yeah, I, I sent it. I put it in the Discord. Uh, it's this big long slide, and then there's this tiny loop at the end. Yeah, it only lasted like a year or two at Action Park. Yeah, we went we went there a couple times as kids, man, and it. it I still have vivid memories of this because I'm like, how do people not die and do this place out of existence? So maybe it's good that the smaller parks are closing. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I I will miss Six Flags if it goes. That's funny that we both have Maybe we're there on the same day, Joe. Maybe we did meet once. Man, that would be... A couple Jersey boys. We truly are star-crossed lovers, Mark. You and me. (laughs) All right. Well, let's... Let's close out the show. We were going to do another game of Would You Rather, but this time we're going to let our Diamond uh, patrons from Patreon who are listening live choose the subject matter. Did, did you get any suggestions, Mark? What, what are we doing here? I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. So this Would You Rather is from Ryan S., a friend of the site, quote unquote. Anyway, <laughs> he asks, would we rather have all of our miles and points disappear into thin air or would we rather have them stolen and the person who steals them post all their pictures of their trip reports everywhere. Notice, by the way, that he only included two options for would you rather. But anyway, <laughs> what would you guys rather? So there's no no possibility of getting the points back at all, right? No, it sounds like they're gone. Yeah, so I think uh, seeing people's pictures of the person that's stolen would piss me off even more. So I would rather them just vanish, even though it'd probably entail multiple phone calls. Well, either way, you're going to call the companies like multiple times to fight over it. So I would rather just have them vanish than somebody else enjoy them and then rub it in my face. <laughs> yeah, I could just follow random strangers on the internet. I don't want to follow the person who stole all my miles and points as they get to use them gallivanting around the globe. <laughs> this is such a dark, dark option, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you, do you want to stalk them and, you know, as they spend all your money? Yeah, I also felt like this was, like, very straightforward. Like, I would much rather... I mean, it's one thing if, like, they get stolen and, I don't know, some sort of Robin Hood character redistributes the miles and points so that random people can take trips. But if I'm going to see someone steal my miles and take the trip, no, I'm good. They can all vanish into thin air. So Ryan is saying in the chat room, if they disappear, you never get closure. You don't know what happened. I don't At least know. I that... know that the guy who stole him, <laughs> I don't get to watch what he's doing. I'd rather yeah. just not know. Yeah, I would. I think I would rather not. Yeah, know. I mean, well, ignorance I mean, is bliss. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened to my American Airlines miles, and yeah, you do. <laughs> okay, I guess I do. I guess I do. <laughs> Every time you see me on an American Airlines plane, Joe, it's me. I'm using Dude, all maybe, miles. Maybe they start. Maybe American Airlines started doing this because they saw the virus outbreak coming, so they started ripping back miles to save yeah, money what a bunch of geniuses toby <laughs> okay so a better one from last week sorry ryan that wasn't the greatest <laughs> friend of the site friend of we're, the site. we're gonna we're gonna have to screen these a little bit more <laughs> at a time this one's from meg so go ahead yeah would you rather get uh shut down completely from airline programs like you can't earn any more airline miles or would you rather get shut down by hotel programs so you can't earn any hotel or use hotel points i'll kick it off i would rather get shut down by the airline programs i think because i I feel like i spend way more time in hotels you know way more money in hotels plus you get a better earn rate 
on hotels. When you're spending money, you get a better return on your money if you're paying cash for hotels and you're earning points off of those versus uh, an airline. Uh, Hotel status is easier to earn. And I think over the long haul, people get more back from hotel status than they do airline status. You know, you're hoping with airline status to get that one or two international flights upgraded to first, but that's always tough. You know, domestic first class, who cares? It's not really that great. Um, But, you know, having a great breakfast at a uh, Michelin star restaurant in D.C., that that's when you really feel the status from hotels. So I would I would do it for those reasons. Plus, like Hyatt redemptions are some of the better redemptions on a regular basis. Like uh, if you're re- redeeming airlines for international travel, you're getting a huge uh, sense per point on like first class flight. But uh, for like domestic travel, you're getting lower than you would. Where Hyatt is pretty steady, no matter where you're redeeming it, you get a, a an above average rate. So that's what I would go with. How about you, Sean? I kind of agree with you because I think airlines. And you're only spending so much time in a plane to get to the place that you're going. I feel like you can get a lot more value out of a hotel if you like it. But I could see the I could see the opposite being the case. People who like to be out in a city when they're traveling and almost never spend time in a hotel, they may get more value out of being able to fly business class, fly, fly first class, even though they wouldn't be able to afford it. So I think for me, it would be a hotel. It'd be the hotel. I'd want the hotel programs, give up the airline programs. What about you, Joe? Yeah, so when Meg posted this, uh, last week during last week's episode you know you guys had your answers and i thought at first like it's a slam dunk for hotels and like you guys were saying you get so much more value from hotels but then i thought about it more and i do really appreciate a fancy hotel room it's closer i'm probably not going to spend 500 dollars on a hotel room but i'm like definitely not going to spend ten thousand dollars on a business class flight and when i was thinking about loyalty programs yes Like, I don't really chase status except for JetBlue Mosaic, which doesn't get me any upgrades or anything. So when getting kicked from a loyalty program, which I happen to have experience with, but when getting kicked from a loyalty program, you know, it's not it's not about like missing out on upgrades or whatever or getting lounge access or stuff like that. You know, to me, airline loyalty programs are the chance for me to take flights that I would never get to take. And yes, I'm probably not going to stay in the Park Hyatt Vendome for a thousand dollars a night, which is, you know obviously the most aspirational thing that people point to in this game. But like I said, like I might spend $500 for a special occasion in cash for a nice hotel room. And so, you know, Baller. I still would rather lose for those, airline loyalty those, than those date hotel. nights when you're uh, doing exactly. uh, voting on Twitter instead of paying attention yeah. to your yeah. wife. Yeah. He's doing it from a $500 hotel room. Apparently. <laughs> what? That was a thousand dollar hotel room. Thank you very much. Which I did book on points. Uh, well, so I think Why you make a good pass, guys. You make a good point, though. Is it would I rather have fancy flights that I can't pay for, that I wouldn't pay for with cash, or fancy hotel rooms that I wouldn't pay for with cash? And I'd rather have the fancy hotel rooms. That's, so I guess that's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. And what I'm saying is I probably would rather have the fancy hotel rooms, but it was a lot closer than I originally thought. Because, you know, those fancy flights I would never pay for. But fancy hotel rooms, like, who knows? Maybe you would for a special occasion. Well, I just feel like you you spend way more time in a hotel, you know, more nights, more money overall. You know, a lot of flights that I take, at least personally, a lot of flights I take are, you know, economy domestic. So it's like, I don't really care. And flights are coming down in price so much where hotels have stayed more static. They're not as, as many good deals. But yeah, I, I mean, people that fly all international, they're definitely going to want to stick with airlines over hotels, I think. Well, we all know how much you enjoy the first class experience yeah. on Cathay yeah. Pacific and other, <laughs> and other airlines. So I do agree, Joe. It's not c- kind of clear cut there. If you really do love flying on fancy planes, then I think you could certainly take that. Yeah, agreed. 
Alrighty, and that will do it for us this week. Joe, where can people find you during the week? Uh, before I get to that, I did want to give one quick shout out that I forgot to do in our, I guess, banter section or whatever you want to call that monstrosity that kicks off our shows. <laughs> but uh, It was extra for, monster this week. <laughs> yeah, but for those of you who are 90s hip-hop fans, on Saturdays... You ran on, into LL Cool J? No, I, well, no, I wish... <laughs> But on Instagram Live, they've been doing DJ battles. DJ Primo battled against the RZA, and it was some of the greatest tracks like that you would have remembered from the 90s. So there's been a lot of nice stuff that's been coming out of this quarantine. So like they've been doing these battles every weekend. It's kind of hard to listen to on Instagram Live because the RZA obviously had never used Instagram before in his life because he's like, how do I make these comments scroll? It was like watching, it was watching your, it was like watching it was like my father. It was like exactly. listening it was like, to our podcast live. Exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the most hip hop genius, okay, and legend, but he does not know how to use Instagram, much like uh, our fathers and our grandfathers. Anyway, if you want to listen to the tracks though, you can just go to Spotify and search DJ Premier versus RZA, R-Z-A. If you don't know how to spell RZA, then you're not interested in this anyway. But... <laughs> You check out their battle. A lot of people have made Spotify playlists. It's a lot of great music. I've been listening to it a lot while I'm working or not working. It's just um, some positive things that have been coming out. You know, maybe next week we can talk about things like that that we've enjoyed. Wu uh, Tang Clan ain't really nothing like to uh, with. And follow follow <laughs> Joe on Twitter. I don't say his stuff way. soon, but follow Joe on Twitter because he always comes up with cool pop culture stuff. You're kind of yeah. always into finding cool things when he's not yeah. playing uh, Animal House or whatever it's called. Uh... <laughs> oh my gosh, Mark! Come on, dude. <laughs> Animal Party. <laughs> no, no. Creepy no. kids, creepy kids game. <laughs> All Nintendo fanboys are like freaking out right now. That's closer. That's closer. That's closer. <laughs> anyway, you can find me at As The Joe Flies all over our social media. Check out my newsletter, tinyletter.com slash As The Joe Flies. Sarah Rossi Observation Deck Podcast for Miles and Points. We're going to have Amal on from, um, I don't know if he still writes for Travel Codex, but I'm actually having him on because he works in a hospital in Atlanta, so I want to kind of talk to him about what's going on there. Plus, we're going to talk about Bali and some recent trips that he's had and stuff like that. So that should be good. And if you're interested in Disney stuff, you can check me out on the Disney Decipher podcast. What about you, Mark? You can find me on uh, the Bougie Miles YouTube channel this week. Uh, I did a recording with Bethany Walsh uh, over there last week, and it just went live today on Tuesday. So be sure to check that out. We had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, very similar to this podcast, but uh, you get to see my fat face on the on the screen as well. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you can email me at mark at miles to memories.com. Uh, check me out uh, in Facebook groups. Well, not don't check me out, but you can <laughs> hit me up there. You can uh, comment on any of the articles on Miles to Memories, and I'll get back to you there. How about you, Sean? Yeah, milestomemories.com is where it is, and our Facebook groups are uh, popping. The uh, 11,000 plus members in our Miles and Points Facebook group. Look at us and, all uh, going gangster at the end after Joe brings up RZA. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, big news next week. We're going to have a big announcement, too, so stay tuned for that on, uh, on our next podcast venture that we're going to do. So exciting times. Until next time, bye. Stay indoors. (laughs) See you guys. That's right. Animal Crossing. Swing that friend code. That's what you're you hiding, that you're playing Animal Crossing on? <laughs> no, Animal Crossing would not come up on Discord. No, I play Animal Crossing while I'm in queue waiting for other games on the PC, so...
There you go. It's a, it's a very, it's a very, very tight loop I've got going on over here. <laughs> it was a good system. No downtime. No downtime. How about exactly, you, Sean? Exactly. I didn't say I'm not going to watch your channel, Bethany. I said I'm not going to watch the one with Mark. In it, okay. I watch all. I watch all the other ones. I just want to see this dude's mug. Is that okay? Is that is that so crazy to you? My, my webcam's not so great in it, so you, you just get like the outline of my face. You don't get all the details. So do I want? I mean, are you telling us that if your webcam was HD, it would be much better for us to look at you? Is that what you're saying? No, opposite. Like you're lucky. Uh, okay. okay.